Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you once more for tuning your radio waves, your podcast downloading dials, to another episode of Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast Edition. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always, the 2-2 that's always there for you on turn two. His name is Borok. My bear buddy, you ready to jump into some more Zendikar Rising? <laughs> Did I hear someone say party? Whoa, whoa, golly. Maybe, maybe we'll have a party. Who knows? It all comes down to the draft and the cards. But before we see what cards are dealt to us, let's have a few bits of housekeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, B-L-E-A-V, wherever you download your audio goodness with a great slew of shows to keep the midday blues at bay. And truthfully, the show is always here because of all of you my listeners my unlucky lounge rats thank you for tuning in today other days and in the future and if you want to become part of the community find me on twitter draft and draft cory you can find me on instagram at cory demone enriquez or you can find us on patreon patreon.com backslash draft and draft and if you want to be a time traveler and get access to Friday Night Podcast early. We will often post that audio goodness early on in that Patreon. So if you have an inkling to hear a little bit of drafting earlier in your week, we'd love for you to join in on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft, where you keep the lights on in the Unlucky Lounge. Quite frankly, that is enough housekeeping. The sorcerer's broom was put back into the conjurer's closet, and it's time for us to dig into yet another Zendikar Rising draft. The format is juicy, the format is rich, it's got a lot of great deck archetypes and a lot of satisfying cards to play. But before you queue up this draft, wherever you are, get something for yourself. Maybe it's a snack, maybe it's a drink, don't much matter, but it's time to celebrate all of you and the amazing accomplishments that you have had this week. Friends, this is what we like to call the untapped step. Yeah, unfortunately, Borok, the deck we drafted last week for Friday Night Podcast did not turn out so great. The only win we got was actually the one that we played out on air. But we did get to rebound and go 7-2 with a pretty sweet black-red party deck. Uh, if you want to take a look at the deck and how it turned out, find us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Quarry. You can see what the whole build looked like. There were some interesting choices that I had to make. Uh, I had four very good equipment between double Relic Axe and double Marauding Mace. I ended up cutting both the Marauding Maces uh, to make room for enough creatures to play. It was an interesting deck tension. Take a look at the list and see if you agree or disagree. Pick one, pack one in this draft. Uh, the rares, Nahiri's Lithoforming. Definitely not taking that first over any of our three uncommons. Sure-footed Infiltrator, 
a Coom Warrior, and Marassa Sproutling. All three cards are very, very good, and I kind of put them pretty much on the same power level. What I'll probably do is look at the Surefoot Infiltrator and set it off to the side. It really is a card that you want to go either blue-red with some good creature disruption, or of course the Rogue's deck, but I'm not sure if we're there. That leaves us with Marassa Sproutling and a Coom Warrior. Uh, the MDFC, of course, is a great card. Uh, and it is a warrior, so it works well in party decks and warrior decks. I think I'll probably end up leaning with that. The Marasa Sproutling is really nice, but at least of the three, the Coom Warrior is less dedicated in what you're trying to go towards. So I'm happy to take it and just note that I'm passing both strong rogue cards. There wasn't into the Royal Impact one as well. So maybe I'm just trying to lean away from blue and maybe we can go into another black-red party deck or maybe a red-white warrior deck. Uh, pick two, pack one, best card is to me Skyclave Geopede. Valcut Awakening is still in the pack, which is a great MDFC, do not get me wrong. But the power of Skyclave Geopede is awesome. It is strong, it doesn't have to be in like a green-red Landfall Matters deck, it's just a good card. Besides that, Taunting Arbor Mage is still in the pack. It's a fine card. I don't know if I want to take it right now. I'm happy to take another on-color red card. Besides that, Tazim Royal Mage is in the pack. Uh, the only other good red card is Molten Blast and or Scavenging Blade. Scavenging Blade has gone up for me a little bit over time in my assessment of the format, but I'm not passing up the Skyclave GOP. That card is just straight gas. Pick three. Pack one. Uh, the three uncommons are still in the pack. Moss Pit Skeleton, Vastwood Fortification, and Allied Assault. None of which I am particularly excited to take. There is a Tazim Royal Mage, which is nice. We can maybe start to look at a blue-red kind of spells package. There is an Expedition Champion, though, in the pack. Uh, Narlog Colony is also nice. N uh, what, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Namina Skydancer. Boy. Uh, also good. There's also a Skyclave Squid. I almost want to take the Expedition Champion right now that leaves the pack with no red cards, sending a very clean signal to the person on my left, do not be in red. Uh, and I think just the power of staying on color of red. I mean, maybe I, instead I'd take a Vastwood Fortification, but I have not found a lot of success in red-green thus far. So we'll take the Expedition Champion, see if we can lean more towards a Warrior's Package, and hopefully make something work from there. Pick four, pack one, another Moss Pit Skeleton. So we're sending both rogue signals and black-green counter signals to the person to our left. That's fine. There's an Arden Electromancer and a Coom Hellhound for our two red cards in the pack. Besides that, Core Celebrant is really nice, but it's definitely not a control deck we're trying to put together here. I'm almost inclined to take the Arden Electomancer and then trying to lean towards that red-white warriors build or maybe a red-black party build. Uh, the only other good black card is a Mind Drain right now. I'm not seeing a lot of black signals at the moment except for these skeletons. Maybe the person to our right is not black and we can kind of suss that out with the Moss Pit skeletons being passed to us. But I'm going to take the Arden Electomancer. It's just a nice card. It works well with the party payoffs and, oh, Borak, you know we like to party. Maybe not as hard as Galia likes to party, but nonetheless, we like to party. We like, we like to party. We like to party. That was your 90s song reference, All Man Lucky Lounge Rats. Pick five, pack one. This pack looks bad. Red cards, another Ardent Electomancer, Cleansing Wildfire, and Sneaking Guide. To me, the best card in the pack is Rabbit Bite. I've already said I'm not a fan 
of red green, but maybe we can be like mono red splashing a little bit of green. There's a course element in this pack as well. The only uncommon left is mine carver. There's also a vanquish the week. Maybe we take that vanquish the week. It's a removal spell. We're getting a little clogged on three, but we can solve that problem later on. I'm happy to take a vanquish the week, though it's not the best bit of removal. It's still interaction and that's what we need. Okay, pick six. Kazool's Fury is still in the pack. One of the better red MDFCs. There's a Feed the Swarm, which is really nice. Uh, works well with the Vanquish the Week, but I can't not take this Kazool's Fury. Card is awesome, and that's also a pretty nice signal to me saying that, just quite frankly, we might have red fully open. Now, pick seven. We do have an Expedition Skulker. Two, two for two, has Death Touch if you control another rogue. It itself is a rogue. It's a nice curve filler for us. We don't have any two drops right now. We've got a Vanquish of the Week. Maybe we can pair those two cards together. There's still a Mind Drain and Namana Skitter Sneak. Tormenting Voice is still in the pack and seven. Not a card I actually want to play in almost any deck outside of red, blue. So I'll probably just take this two drop curve filler in black. Still keep the mentality that I'm mono red and then maybe I can lean into black, go party stuff if it starts to present itself. Uh, pick eight, pack one. Dreadworm, Blood Price, Pyroclastic Hellion, and Spitfire Lagak are all still in the pack. It means that the red black signals are there. Salundi Vision still in the pack, which is notable. I think I'm kind of off the red-blue train at the moment, so in a pack like this, I'll take a Pyroclastic Hellion. It's nice on the top of the curve. Actually, you know what? I'm actually going to go with the Blood Price instead. I found in the red-black party decks, you do want to get some card advantage in it, be it a Blood Beckoning or a Blood Price. Speaking of which, Blood Beckoning is in this pack. <laughs> Ask and ye shall receive. You are right, Borok. But there's also a Grotag Bugcatcher. I think we have to go with the Bugcatcher. This card has significantly impressed me in multiple different builds. It presents such a great attacking threat. Though the Blood Beckoning is nice, we want to get the solid two and one drop creatures for a deck like Black Red Party. So let's continue to lean into that. We can take a Seagate Colossus or a Scavenge Blade for pick 10. There is nothing but black and red cards. I think we found our signal in our lane. There's a Highborn Vampire and an Oblivion's Hunger. I think in this moment, I'll take the Seagate Colossus. Maybe if we get a few more like curve party filler cards, we can actually play the solid seven drop. Ah, oh, the Namana Skydancer table. So we're definitely passing blue signals, but maybe no one's in the rogue deck or they already have a Namana Skydancer. So happy to take that and move from there. Mind Drain. Borak, we're, we're in the right colors here. We're finding a lot of black, red, late, and I'm pretty happy uh, with turning the corner here on this two color combination. We can get out of black if we need to, but I think we're pretty happy being here. Yeah, Borak, that definitely seems like a time to go all in. Blood Chief's Thirst is in our pack. There's also a Kazool's Fury. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can table it, considering how much red has gone around. Maybe no one else is actually interested in this MDFC card, but Blood Chief's Thirst, Borak! Yes, I'm hype. I'm very hype about it. It's one of the best removal spells in the format. It's in a color pair we want to go into. It's early interaction. Happy to take it. Go on to pick two of pack two. 
There is Teeter Peak Ambusher as a two drop in red. There is a Malakir Blood Priest though, which I think is almost exactly what we want. It's a two drop cleric, gets us to go a little bit wider on our full spread of party stuff. Curves nicely with Ardent Electomancer. The rare is Rolling Vortex. There is also a Demon's Disciple. There's one in the last pack. Maybe we can table one of these. I don't know if we're really a Demon's Disciple deck. If we can end up with a few of the 1-1 uh, the one, one for 1 Fireblade Warrior. I forget what the full name of the card is. That's actually a pretty decent uh, curve into with Demon's Disciple. But we're not making a lot of incidental creature things here. I'm happy to take the Malakir Blood Priest. Go from there. See if we can make some more of the Black red wide payoffs work for us pick three pack two nothing is really showing up for us though there's an oblivion's hunger and a molten blast in our colors uh the uncommons are vine gecko brushfire elemental and skyclave cleric if we're going to move off of these colors right now i guess we could take the skyclave cleric no that's just silly uh I'll just take the Molten Blast. This is just, I think, a miss for us. Here, here's the thing, I think, about Zendikar Rising. So many of the commons and uncommons really only slot well into a certain color pairing, which makes a lot of the curve fillers specifically inclined for a particular deck. So you gotta find your lane, that being true, and sending the right signals. I, I'll take the Molten Blast. I hope not to play it, but hey, pick four, pack two. Fissure Wizard and Grotag Bugcatcher are still in the pack. I want to take our next Grotag Bugcatcher. Fissure Wizard is nice. We can table that card, though. A 1-2 that can attack is a 3-2 on turn 3, and we can double spell with Expedition Champions. Oh, sorry. Harden Electomancer. It's not an Expedition Champion. Uh, Arden Electomancer. But Grotag Bugcatcher... Grotag Bugcatcher. We have reached the part of the podcast I can't articulate. Grotag Bugcatcher does curve well into two of our three drops. So, yeah, that's going to go into our pile, and I hope we find some payoffs here. It's not a blank pick five. There's a Fissure Wizard and an Expedition Skulker. There's another Seagate Colossus. The uncommon left is Lone Mage's Familiar. I think we're going to take our Fissure Wizard here. It's going to allow us to keep the widespread of party. Maybe we can find one of the maces somewhere down the line. It would work well with what we're doing here. So let's take the Fissure Wizard. Go to pick six of pack two. We see a Vanquish the Weak, a Skyclave Shadow Cat. Barak, I just don't think that this cat is good outside of green-black. We'll take our second Vanquish the Weak and hope not to play it, but we're just kind of getting a little weakness in the pack here. But we do see a Grotag Nightrunner and another Grotag Bugcatcher. That'd be number three. I do like Grotag Nightrunner if we can continue to get some more good removal. Love to see a Royal Eruption. Love to see uh, you know, a Deadly Alliance. I think that this card could be one of our ways of gaining some sweet card advantage, so we'll take that. Uh, we do get an MDFC, though, in pick 8, pack 2, Spike Field Hazard. Happy to take it. Otherwise, it's Highborn Vampire or Tormenting Voice. Here's the cool thing about MDFCs. Once you start to get into a place where you have just so many playables you just start taking as many mdfc's as you can in packs two and three they're just free spells for you it's they just continue to highlight how cool this card design is and i look forward to more play of them in future limited formats we called it unlucky lounge rats the kazool's fury tabled we did it feels good we're now playing to trying to just get him in the face in the long term 
to Kazul's Fury, a spike field hazard, following up with tabling the Teeter Peak Ambusher. I think this deck is coming along just fine. I would love to find some solid one droppage if we can. I don't think there's a lot going on. We tabled the second Fissure Wizard. Our two and three drops are filling out nicely. Second Seagate Colossus. I think we're on the right track. We already have four MDFCs, Borok. This is a nice place to be. In pack three, we're looking to take any amount of interaction, good solid removal spells that we can to work well with, say, the Grotag Night Runner, clear our way. And, well, here's pick one pack three. Myriad Construct is the rare. This card just is ubiquitously good. Malakir Rebirth is the MDFC. Vanquish the Weak, another removal spell. I'm not going to play three of them ever. Maybe, maybe I'll play two, if only because we have some good creatures that we really want to get through on attacks. Uh, so now it kind of boils down to Malakir Rebirth or Myriad Construct. I think we're going to take the Myriad Construct. It's a big creature. It can be kicked, so it might have some additional value long-term down the line. Happy to pick it up. Now we get to go with another sweet two-drop, Acquisitions Experts. It nabs a card out of your opponent's hand, and they have to show you X cards where X is the number of creatures in your party. It's a rogue, fills in the curve nicely. Once you get to two or three on the party count when this card enters the battlefield, you're probably nabbing a pretty good card. Zoth Consumption is an MDFC in the pack. We'll probably table that if we table the Kazul's Fury. And if not, we get to go with an Inordinate Rage or a Sizzling Barrage. I think that either of those cards can make our main. And the fact that we have a lot of creatures that we're turning sideways, Sizzling Barrage slowly gets a little bit better in the deck ordering with a deck like we're building here you know borak the state of the arena announcement that we got was pretty nice to see especially because we're gonna get some new limited formats to freshen up everything uh we've got throne of eldraine coming out at the end of the month and my listeners if you know anything about me, I love Throne of Eldraine. I will definitely try to climb the ladder at the end of October with that. Pick three, pack three. We're going to take a subtle strike here. There's a Blood Beckoning, but we might actually just end up running this Blood Price. Although I do like a Blood Beckoning, I do like a subtle strike, especially with the amount of two drops and three drops that we have. It can really help us get some good board traction. So Throne of Eldraine coming down. Kaladesh, I cannot wait one of my all-time limited formats. I have an amazing Grand Prix story. Someday I hope to tell with you, my listeners. And now pick four, pack three is hard. There are so many black-red cards. Deadly Alliance is nice. Sign of the Swarm, definitely not going to take it. Block Predation is a good MDFC, but it's not as good as one of the two red cards we're going to take. Skyclave Geopede or Royal Eruption. I love Skyclave Geopede, but we cannot not take Royal Eruption Best common in the set, works well with what we're trying to do, happy to take one of the best pieces of removal, even over a 5-3 Trampler for three. And now we have another Acquisitions Expert for pick five out of pack three. That's sweet. Oh my gosh, we're going to be able to really get a number of cards out of their hand. We might actually end up playing one or two Mind Drains and see if we can just get rid of their hand. Let's go to pick six. Uh, another Subtle Strike, another Namina Sky Dancer. I think since we just went double Acquisitions Expert, we have two Fissure Wizards, two Grotag Bug Catchers, a single Teeter Peak Ambusher. I think this Subtle Strike, the second one, might actually get the play. Besides that, I guess it's Namina Sky Dancer. We're kind of clogged up on three. I'm happy to play a lower curve if I can. 
So get on the team. Hey, look at Omnath in this pack. Indeed, Borak, the mighty have fallen. We're not going to take it, though. Uh, and I will say my casual playing of standard is happy to see it out of the format, also out of brawl for when I'm waking up in the morning after having a very lazy day and jumping on to play some brawl. We are going to take the Song Mad Treachery, though. Nice MDFC pickup in the late of pack three. Uh, pick eight, there's a Lithophone Bright, Blood Price, Scavenge Blade, another Tear Peak Ambusher, which we'll take out of the pack. So yeah, uh, this red-black party deck is going to come together pretty easily, I think. The rest of the packs are going to be pretty rote here. Uh, we did table either the, the Sizzling Barrage or the Inordinate Rage. I think we take the Inordinate Rage. I, I don't know if we'll end up playing either of the cards because we have double Subtle Strike, and I'd rather play Subtle Strike than Inordinate Rage, but hey, we'll do it. Rock Slide Sorcerer tabled out of the pack that we didn't even mention before. Uh, it'll get on the on the, the stack, but we'll probably not end up playing it at all. Uh, sadly, we did not table the Palaka Predation, but we have a lot of cards in this deck. Uh, what's going to end up being the final 40? Well, my Lucky Laundrats, we're certainly going to need a second to figure it out. But get a snack, get a drink, come on back in just a minute as we put together this stack of 40 in our latest Zendikar Rising Friday Night Podcast Draft. We'll see you in just a second, my lucky lounge rats. Guess who's back, back again. Corey's back. Tell a friend. Yes, of course, Borok, you're back too. Anyway, we are here. Our deck is made. And there were a few crucial draft deck choices that I had to make in order to put the full 40 together. First off, I cut both the Mind Drains and all the Seagate Colossuses. Try saying that five times fast, Seagate Colossuses. <laughs> anyway, I made the choice because I think our deck actually functions best when it starts on turn two, Curving Out Creatures. The Double Acquisitions Experts actually look pretty good. We're going to have consistently two to maybe three different party creature types, so we're probably going to nab a card out of their hands. Now, let it be known that one crucial juncture in pack three, where I took my first Subtle Strike versus my first Blood Beckoning, that might have changed the entire texture of the deck. We're still playing Blood Price, but the fact that Blood Beckoning can only cost one black mana to recur your best utility creature at a certain situation, compared to the very stringent four casting costs on Blood Price, it might have changed the texture of the deck, and maybe I lean more towards the Mind Drain package in that situation. But instead, having the second Subtle Strike make the final main part of the deck kind of has me lean a little bit closer to wanting to make those cards become a really impactful element on the board state. We have a bunch of two drops, some very solid three drops, and of course, our five different red MDFC cards. And I think having the flexibility and early creature interaction, along with MDFC value piles, will allow this deck to really come out of the gates and try to 
makes something big out of a lot of small creatures. So with that in mind, if you want to see the full 40, again, follow us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. You're going to see the entirety of the deck list, but I think that's enough talking about it. It's time for us to start playing about it. Yes, Borok, I'm aware that's not an actual word, but I don't mind. It's time for us to go black-red and get party with it. We open up with a Hand of Seven. It's got two mountains, a Kazul's Fury and a Kum Warrior. So four red lands. We have Fissure Wizard and Royal Eruption alongside a Blood Chief's Thirst. Certainly, we would like to draw one of our nine black sources in our deck, but this is still a pretty keepable hand on seven. Well, as luck would have it, we did draw a Swamp, leaded with a Mountain, We've got two MDFCs, Fissure Wizard going on turn two. Things are gonna be okay, I think. We drew our fourth land, so we're just gonna roll out the Fissure Wizard, discard one of our two mountains in our hands, have a bunch of gas, and let's see what our opponent's gonna do uh, going into us drawing Vanquish the Weak uh, off of the Fissure Wizard. They play an Umara Mystic, which is going to quickly meet the fury of our Vanquish the Weak. That card is quite a motivation to play blue-red, which our opponent is, in fact, wielding against us. It was their first play on the game on turn three, so, hey, we played two cards, they're one thus far. They follow up with a Expedition Diviner, which I think we are going to Royal Eruption here. We could Blood Chief's Thirst, but I think we're probably better off by just Royal Eruptioning their 3-2. We'll attack with our... Uh, Fissure, Wizard first. If they want to block, we'll happily take that trade. Uh, they do not. In fact, instead, I think we're going to follow up with Grotag Nightrunner that we just drew. If they want to attack and make some kind of plays into our board, we have both Blood Chief's Thirst and Royal Eruption to follow up with. Whatever they play, I'm feeling pretty safe. We both have four cards in hand. They're playing their Cascades here. I can respect the play. If they choose to attack with the Expedition Diviner now, we can attack through with the Grotag Knight Runner in the following turn, which they are. They're going to push damage, go and put us at 17. Now we get to easily Royal Eruption their Cascades here, then attack with both Grotag Knight Runner and Fissure Wizard. If we get a land off of the Grotag Knight Runner, that'd be pretty sweet. We've got Kazul's Fury, a Tomb Warrior and Kazul's Fury alongside a Blood Chief's Thirst in our hand. So this is sweet. If we draw one of our many two drops off the attack from the Grotag Nightrunner with their single blue mana up, which if they want to Chilling Trap it, sure. They get to draw a card, not allow us to Grotag Nightrunner, which in fact that is what they're doing. They still take uh, two damage here and we'll lay out our one of two Kazul's Fury making five lands on the battlefield. We still have uh, three cards of gas in our hand, which is great. If we draw a land, we can run down the Akum Warrior. If they choose to continue to push damage with the Expedition Diviner, alongside whatever creature they want to play this turn, we get to Blood Chief's Thirst It. And yeah, they're playing a Sure-Footed Infiltrator. Okay, that's fine. And then they Bubble Snare our Grotag Nightrunner. Well, the joke's on them because we are going to be able to Kazul's Fury, uh, sack the Grotag Nightrunner, and kill the Expedition Diviner. But we did draw an Acquisitions Expert, which is going to allow us to discard the last card in their hand. And then we can Grotag Nightrunner straight away and destroy the 3-2. 
Granted, then they have the Surefoot Infiltrator to attack and draw cards, and they have one card in hand. I think it's probably worth more value to just Blood Chief's Thirst right now and get rid of the Surefooted Infiltrator. We don't have any good blocks against it, uh, and although the Acquisitions Expert could get blanked out of them playing the card in their hand plus the one they draw next turn, it's still probably worth it to make this play keep Kazul's Fury, Akum Warrior, and Acquisitions Expert in our hand. We've got enough interaction, we've got a creature to lay down, we're not fully behind, they're cracking for three in the air every turn, and now they follow up with a Risen Riptide. Okay, that's that's fair enough. I accept those terms. We draw our Teeter Peak Ambusher. This is going to allow us to now Acquisitions Experts. Discard the last card in their hand. We're going to Kazul's Fury. The... Oh, it was an island. They were smart. They held their lands, which is a thing that I think all of us should make sure that we're doing in this format, which is hold our lands when we don't need to play them because we when we're playing against black in particular, can get cards discard our hands quite frequently. So I'm gonna play Kazul's Fury in the main phase right now, sacrifice the Grotag Nightrunner. Uh, so we get to get some value off of our bubble snared creature, get rid of their flying threat. They have a 0-5 uh, in Risen Riptide. However, we still have Teeterbrook Ambusher plus an Akum Warrior. They're drawing off the top of their deck. They have six lands. Uh, okay, so they drew Rock Slide Sorcerer. That was, that was a pretty good draw on their half. But we'll, uh, we'll just have to play out our Akum Warrior. Unfortunately, with the 0-5 on their battlefield, it's a little awkward. They draw any instant sorcery or wizard that can destroy our Fissure Wizard. And uh, it looks like they did draw a spell, unfortunately. They are really doing pretty good in the, uh, in the drawing off the top department here. And now they're attacking with their 3-3. We've got a Coom Warrior, we've got Acquisitions Expert, and Fissure Wizard. Hmm. Undoubtedly, they probably have an Instant or Sorcery, which is why they're attacking this way. If they have, like, a Chilling Trap, the block with the Coom Warrior is pretty good here. I mean, they certainly have something. But what could they have? Royal Eruption 2 for 1's them. Searing Barrage is pretty good. We take three and go to... Yeah, let's just take this three. We'll, we'll take the three. We'll go to eight, unless they have something crazy. Yeah, they, they didn't play it. So, now I think is the moment where we start pushing damage. So, we're going to attack with everything. They're at 12, we're at eight. They'll block their Risen Riptide to our Coom Warrior. I don't think they have a kicker spell. If they do, they get to... Get rid of our Akum Warrior, but this is going to be a good moment for information for us. Do they have it? Don't they? Wow, they have a kicked Cinderclasm. That's very bad. We are about to lose our entire board, my unlucky lounge rats. Wow. Well, at least we get to destroy their Risen Riptide. And now we get to lay down our Teeter Peak Ambusher which is going to allow us to trade with the Rockslide Sorcerer. We're not out of the game, but that was a very scary play on their part. <sighs> this is probably the first time that I have felt the wrath of the fact that Cinderclasm is at instant speed. Oh, and they follow up with top decking into the Royal. Seems pretty good. Again, we're not fully out, but they're gonna put us at three and they're gonna draw a card. So, 
We've got six lands, Fissure Wizard, Teeter Peak, Ambusher. They're at 11, we're at three. All right, so we'll take this one thing at a time. Start off with throwing out the Fissure Wizard. We'll discard a Swamp. See if we can draw something. Well, we did draw a Malakir Blood Priest. That's not too bad. That's gonna allow us to gain three life here because we're gonna roll out all of our creatures. They're gonna go to eight, we're at six. We've got decent double blocks. They've got two cards in hand. This is becoming quite a close competition, I might say. And there comes the Roost of Drakes. Uh, a game can just change so dramatically when your opponent plays their Roost of Drakes. And now we are just drawing lands for days here, but uh, well, we're gonna attack with the Teeter Peak Ambusher. See what they want to do. If they want to block with their 3-3, they can. I guess we'll trade their 3-3 for our 1-3. I'm guessing they're going to block here. Which they do, but with their Drake token. I'm guessing they have a Shell Shield? I mean, that'd be a really good one right now. They keep their 2-2 alive, plus they get to make another 2-2. No, we we get there too too. The real issue is the Roost of Drakes and the fact that we didn't take that feed the swarm early in pack one is gonna punish us. And they play Master of Sphinx thing. Uh, what's it called? They get to Rockside Sorcerer, Master of Winds. Wow, they have been top decking quite well. I'm not gonna blame this whole loss on the top decks. I think our deck is actually pretty good. It's got a lot of low to the ground stuff, but they just drew quite a bit better than us. And well, there's not gonna be much I think I can top deck right now to try and come back. We will be able to more than likely attack with the Tear Peak Ambusher and force a trade with the Master of Winds. Uh, they're attacking us for three. We'll take the three. We'll go to three. And... Well, we've been having a pretty good streak thus far, my lucky lounge rats, with winning on air. But I think this might be the moment that we do not get to pull it off. Nope. Unfortunately, we drew our tenth land of the game. They have flying 4-1 and a 2-1. We'll attack sideways. As soon as they block properly, then we shall call it a game. Unfortunately... They pulled it out with just having, well, I don't want to just say good draws, but I will say it helped out quite a bit. So, well, unlucky lounge rats, I hate to say it, but this time we don't get to pull out the W. But in any case, it's great to have dropped in another draft here on Friday night for our Friday night podcast. And hey, listeners, tell me what do you think about Zendikar Rising now that we are almost done with it being the only primary limited format on Magic Arena. I've had a great time with it. I've had some real good decks. I've had some kind of weak decks and some things in between. So shout at us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, Instagram, Corey, Demone, Enriquez. And if you want to listen to episodes like Friday Night Podcast Early, find us and join our Patreon patreon.com backslash draft and draft well it looks like i found the bottom of my drink and so we've reached the end 
of another episode. Thanks for tuning in at the end of your week. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And this has been another episode of Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.